Today, we're talking about rookies that can help you win your season. And that show is going to start right What's going on, everybody? It's Bob's Three Toad Warriors with Word on the Streets, Season 1, Episode, I think it's 38. It's been a crazy recording weekend for me, and shows are in weird orders and all kinds of fun stuff, but it's somewhere around there. We're edging towards 50. We'll be there soon enough. So uh, welcome back to the show. Those who have been listening and those who haven't been listening, welcome to the show. With me on the show, because we can never get the word show in enough, I got Robert, Mr. Fantasy Force here with me. Robert, how you doing tonight, buddy? What's the word? Oh, the word is fantastic. <laughs> Yo, that's the word on the streets. Yeah, uh, enjoying life right now. Uh, thank you for having me on the podcast. Uh, Absolutely. You know, I've been. This is honestly the first um, podcast that I am guesting on since really taking over. I mean, taking over full time with uh, the forecasters over there. Yeah. So yeah, I'm excited. Fantastic! I love it. I love it. That's always fun. So speaking of the forecasters, you got a lot going on, a lot of moving parts here. Why don't you tell people where you can found as far as your written work, Twitter work, audio work, all that good stuff. Let them know the projects you got going on. Yeah, sure thing. Uh, I don't have a ton of recent written work, uh, but my written work is still available found on fantasyforecast.com. I'm sorry, I forget the website. I'm going to look it up real quick because it's been a while. But um, you can find me, obviously, on Twitter at FantasyForceFB. If you're watching, you can see that on the screen. Um, I host a Dynasty... or Well, now it's mostly redraft. Everyone's mostly redraft at this time. But sure. uh, at Dynasty Force Pod with a good friend of mine named Billy Brisbane. Um, so, yeah, we, we have a lot of fun over there. Uh like I said, we're heads head deep, you know, uh, diving into these uh, fancy football talk. Um, just did our rankings last week, and it was a it was a great episode. Um, yeah, man. Like just bes- I mainly the podcast is where you know I'm I'm grinding right now. Uh, oh. I'm about to start school again, going for my master's, so it's gonna be oh, <laughs> kind of. What are we tough. gonna be when we grow up? It's a good question. <laughs> Isn't it though? What's the um, master's in? The master's is in budget and ana- I'm sorry, I'm sorry, business analytics. I keep getting mm-hmm. it confused with budget analysis for some reason, okay. but right. yeah, business analytics. Right. Do you do a lot of auction drafts? Um, no, but I okay. could. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we all could. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure I would have an advantage in that sense. That's why I asked. That's why I asked. Uh, you know, into some of the bigger, harder, more complex ones. It's really, really a spectacular thing. You should try it. I've uh, I've done a few auction mocks in the past, mm-hmm. and I don't know, man. It's just it's just hard to kind of put a dollar value on a player, you know, and then kind of hit that limit where you're like, yeah, that's too much, or or like this is a good deal and all this. So, oh, yeah. um, yeah, I I, I should. I should definitely get into it more because, you know, it's it's a completely different way and arguably, you know, even more um, fair than the uh, snake drafts sure. that we do. Sure. Yeah. I, uh, one, one of my favorite ones, the auction is uh, the, the reality sports online format where it's auction, oh, yeah, it's contracts, it's uh, all that good stuff. And it really gets more like you're an NFL 
GM. So right. go dig into that. That's your homework. I love getting out, giving out homework on the show. You just got homework. I'm not even a damn teacher. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I tried, I want to say last year. If, if it wasn't last year, it was just the year before to get uh, Dynasty League started on there. And yeah. um, people around me mainly, and uh, it didn't pan out the way I wanted it to, sadly. But um, there's always, you know, the future. I didn't try it this year, but I'm sure right. next year I will definitely do. You know, it, it looks really fun, honestly. Right. Cool, cool. I'll cheers to that, and I'll my unofficial sponsor here, Mr. Jim Beam, honey. And uh, you apologize to me because you are making your drink. Don't you ever apologize for making your drink when you hop on the show. What's wrong with you? All right. Uh, so I can be found on Twitter at Bobs3Toad, on YouTube at Bobs3Toad Warriors, and the Facebook group page is the Word on the Streets Fantasy Football group something to that effect. You'll find me. So uh, there's not too many of those sitting out there. So there you go. That's the good stuff there. Where to find us, those kind of things. The live streams are now on Tuesdays, and during the season we'll have Monday, Thursday, Friday shows for you. Right now it's still – or Tuesday, Thursday, Friday. Right now it's still Monday and Thursday. And if you guys followed along with that, good luck. That didn't make any sense <laughs> to me when I said it. So – most importantly, let's get to the heart of the show. We're talking rookies that can be helpful to your fantasy team for redraft in 2020. Now, I know you dynasty people are like, oh, crap, you tricked me. <laughs> rookies. No, you're not getting the point. Even in dynasty, you're still trying to win this year, chump. Yeah. So get in here, pay attention, take some notes, find out which rookies we think can help your team this season either in a sneaky way or in a clear and obvious way. They got the uh, – I don't want to break too much into this, but here we go. So quick question for you, and I added this to the show doc. Um, don't know if you saw this or not. I just added it while uh, I think you were making your drink. So what's a general strategy when it comes to rookies for you in redraft? Because that's uh, a very – can be a very touchy subject for people. It can. Um, so uh, – and this this – remains with this year this has been me in the past this remains with this year mm -hmm. generally i tend to be off on everyone that is mm -hmm. not a running back um sure. the reason why is because obviously for running backs it's easy to hit in that first year you know as long as they're getting the opportunity mm -hmm. it, you know it, the potential is there for them they have the young legs um the ability to it's not hard for a running back to know what to do on a play, you know, they're just yeah. kind of told where to go with the ball. So as long as they do that, they should, you know, have success. Um, yeah. And, and we've seen so many rookies and I, I running back have success for so long now, you know, um, Josh Jacobs. And uh, I mean, even David Montgomery was terrible last year, but he was still RB 20. So, you know, yeah. even when they're bad, they're still okay. Yeah. Uh, I think I think where a lot of rookie running backs get in trouble is in the pass blocking game. Oh yeah, definitely. Like that's a skill that they, they don't Vaughan, always walk in with. Keyshawn Vaughn, uh, a little. I mean, I don't believe he's someone we're going to talk about. But no, he's not on our list. Keyshawn Vaughn is someone I'm off on this year because Bruce Arians and that pass or yeah, pass blocking. He does not work well with rookies, and yeah. you know you I that old man Jenkins. <laughs> Jenkins, yes, great. Um, but yeah, uh, it, certain situations, 
um, where I will be off on rookie running backs like Keyshawn Vaughn, but that's kind of rare. But as far as um, wide receivers, you know, if they hit, they really only tend to hit in stretches as mm-hmm. rookies. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I'd rather not, you know, buy into – like Jalen Rager is someone this year who I'm willing to – He's on our to- list. He's on our list. Okay. He's um, on our list. But a, a quick little preview. I'm willing to buy Jalen Rager because I think yeah. he'll actually be involved this year. I agree. And consistently and be needed. Whereas, like, you know, Jerry Judy, where, you know, he is I'm, – I'm sure he's on our list, but um, – He's for sure, <laughs> he's for sure, you know, a starter on that team. He's going to be utilized. Yeah. But, you know, he's not going to be needed to the point that Jalen Rager, I think, will be needed because of yeah. how Philly is trending, how Philly always trends. Yeah, so, opportunity-wise. And quarterbacks, you know, year after year, we see quarterbacks like Baker Mayfield set the record, rookie record for touchdowns with, what, 27 for a rookie? Which is, I mean, that's great, but that's the record. Like, that's the ceiling, you know? Yeah. And I, I'm just not... Like, Kyler was great last year, but that's because he's a consistent runner. I don't know... I mean, Joe Burrow will probably run for 350, 400 yards. But besides him, who else is running the football? You know, and it's like, un- unless you get that rushing upside, I'm not really interested in quarterbacks either because it's it's just a low low ceiling to me. The adaption game adapting yeah. to the speed of the NFL and everything going on. And I've noticed too that I tend to be off on off offense, not offenses as a whole because I will still buy the running back, but wide receivers and tight ends who have rookies as their quarterback. Like Cincinnati, mm-hmm. you know, this season, AJ Green, Tyler Boyd, uh Joe Mixon obviously like I said I'm, I'll be in on him, but um you know, then there's questions about the third wide receiver, you know, potentially yeah. Auden T. Higgins, John Ross. Who's be to begin with? Exactly. Um, but I'm kind of off on all of them just because yeah. what is Joe Burrow's real ceiling? Yeah. You know, I don't I don't see it being anywhere close to I I think he'd be lucky to hit twenty five touchdowns. And that's not saying he's not a good quarterback, it's just rookies, you know. Yeah. Well, it's funny that you mentioned Joe Burrow because we're going to start with quarterbacks. And we got three of them on this list. I couldn't really find it. You know, I was just kind of adding to your list here, and I really couldn't find anybody worth adding. And I even I even questioned two of them as it is as far as being helpful for this year. Yeah, and some of them are. are yeah, yeah, yeah. So we got, we, got, we got Burrow, Tua, and Herbert. So people are like, what? Who are these guys? Y'all got to tune in earlier in the season. Yeah. Got hear Watch when we're talking dynasty players. When yeah. We're talking about draft players. When we're talking mock drafts. You just got to learn these names, guys. Makes yeah. you stronger in your drafts. So, all right. So, you can mention Justin. Uh, I don't say Justin Herbert. Joey. Yeah, Joe Burrow. <laughs> I just mentioned Joe Burrow a little there. And that you, you like him, but you're concerned about him. That's what I kind of picked up out of there. Yeah. You, you want to see how he's going to adapt, how he's going to do, but you like that rushing floor kind of like Allen had? Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, I can check my rankings real quick. I think he's a little lower in my rankings, so. Um, but honestly, Joe Burrow, I, I see him, his ceiling is probably like QB 10, I'm going to go mm-hmm. with. 
Um, but I see him as more likely to be like a quarterback 15 overall. He's, he's going to play 16 games and barring injury. He, so he's the one quarterback in, that's a rookie that you can really guarantee that for. So, I mean, that's a solid floor in a sense. And, and like I said, the rushing of Joe Burrow is underrated. So, yeah. um, you know, he, he's got a, a good floor for a rookie quarterback. Um, I just don't, you know, it's, it's hard to imagine that it just clicks year one for, for any quarterback. I can dig it. I can dig it. So are you willing to take him in a draft? When would you say you're willing to take him? Currently I have him ranked as quarterback 21. So that's pretty low. Um, I have him behind guys like Daniel Jones, Gardner Minshew, Drew Locke, Baker Mayfield. Now in a draft, it's a little different. Um, Obviously, it depends on strategy. I'd be perfectly happy to take him as my quarterback, too, because I think, like I said, he has the floor because he's going to be the starter. Um, I think he's pro-ready. And he does have some upside. Like I said, he could be a top 10 guy, in my opinion. Um, verse, if I were to take, you know, QB2 between him and, say, like, Daniel Jones where, you know, I, I don't think I can really count on consistency. Um, I think I'd be more inclined to go with Joe Burrow there. So, obviously, it depends on the situation. Um, but more drafts are tending to go towards Superflex. So, mm-hmm. like, if you're in a one-quarterback redraft league, I probably wouldn't draft Joe Burrow personally. Um, but if you were in a Superflex draft, I'd, I'd feel comfortable with him around... I'm going to say six or seven range. Okay, I dig it. Yeah, yeah so we're in a super flex draft together with 14 teams, and there are no quarterbacks available who will be <laughs> starting a game this year. We're already working on the backups. Almost yes. done. I might even be able to pick here live on the show. I probably won't, but um, we're to that point. You, you took your pick right before the draft. Yeah, Superflex, it definitely changes everything. So I think we want to focus here on, on one quarterback because um, I, I do love the Superflex format, but in that in that draft, everybody's getting taken. Let me ask you this yeah. question. On a single quarterback league, are you usually a guy who's taken two quarterbacks or just one? I take one because <laughs> I head into it. I never take quarterbacks early when I'm in a one-quarterback league, and sure. I will take my shot at the end of the draft yep. and, you know, plan to stream. I, I never plan to keep someone year long. Sure. And, you know, if they light the world on fire, you know, last year in a lot of my drafts in the very last round, I took Lamar Jackson, <laughs> you know, and it just, it just happened that he lit the world on fire. Yeah. So I didn't have to stream, yeah. but, yeah, yeah. um, you know, I, I was completely ready to drop Lamar Jackson if need be, if he was just, you know, ho-hum. And then I saw someone great on the waiver wire. Will you take two quarterbacks if the rest of your league is taking two? Will you, will you still grab one? Because then your streaming options pre- predictive they will do. probably be a lot lot lower. Um, it's a tough question because I've never really been in that predicament. Um, okay. You know, in a one-quarterback league, I haven't. But yeah. I, I've been in a league where a few people have taken two, um, but not necessarily – all of Everybody. them, yeah, yeah. At, still remains to be about less than half of the people tend to do it. Or I've been in a league, 
excuse me. Uh, one team took three quarterbacks, mm-hmm. and um, I forget what year. I want to say it was 2017, and it was Brady. <sighs> Brady, Ben Roethlisberger, and I want to say like Cam Newton or something. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, it was a pretty good group, but I, I believe they all had the same bye week. <laughs> so he, Jeez, he, man, had, he had no choice but to drop one. And then, you know, he ended up dropping Ben Roethlisberger. And I was kind of just, you know, sitting there needing a quarterback, waiting in the wings, picked him up. And I, I believe Ben finished as the quarterback, too, that season. So yeah, yeah. it worked out, you know. So I, I think based on that, um, no, I don't, I don't think I would conform to the others i i think i'd be fine yeah no it makes sense i uh i i we drafted with the friends and family league a little more a little more novice league but they're getting very good and they're getting competitive from where they started there were a lot of rookies in that league three yeah. years ago and some sometimes they're like we're taking one quarterback and this this night they're like we're taking two. Oh wait i'm taking three like two people i think took three i'm like come on man how am i supposed to stream if y'all are taking them all <laughs> but uh yeah i get it so all right, let's talk about the next two guys on your list. We're talking Tua and Herbert. Now, I'm guessing you're not drafting either one of those in a redraft league. But would, are you keeping your eye on them in waivers to see if, if they I get mean, a chance to play and start and if they're looking good? Where are you sitting there? What's the thought there? So, obviously, in Superflex leagues, both are, are being drafted um, because they should come in at some point this season. Who knows when? Sure. Uh but I, I really don't expect Herbert to come in for, I, I mean, I'd be surprised if he came in at all this season. Maybe week 17, he shows up. But um, the Chargers, I look, there's a lot of hype right now because of hard knocks. But right. um, the Chargers have a pretty solid uh first half of the season schedule. Uh, I'm going to pull it up real quick. To I was doing the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, um. Tyrod Taylor does not need to do a lot. You know, um, the Chargers are not a bad team. They just dealt with a ton of injuries last season. Um, Week one, they go up against the Bengals, which, okay, they had the number one overall pick. Then the Chiefs, okay, they won the Super Bowl. But then the Panthers, Buccaneers, the Saints are a tough matchup. But then they play the Jets, the Dolphins, the Jaguars, the Raiders. It's a pretty nice opening schedule for the chargers. And I feel like, like I said, Tyrod is not going to have to do a lot in order to win those football games. And Tyrod, you know, if there's one person on earth who loves Tyrod Taylor, it's Anthony Lynn, who's the head coach of the Los Angeles chargers. So, um, like I said, I, I think he'll give Tyrod a legit shot here. And at least for the majority of the season, we're going to see Justin Herbert, um, I would not be surprised if he takes over midseason, but I'm not really counting on it, you know? Yeah. So I look at that that opening schedule, and I see KC on there. I see Tampa Bay, New Orleans on there, those particular three teams. I see some high scoring, some high flying. Maybe yeah. they don't win the games, but I'm not, I don't care if they win the games. Right. Uh, I just need the points. So if I took Tyrod early uh, as my my streaming quarterback to be, which is pretty much free in drafts, so why yeah. not? I often, when there's a rookie in the wings scenario, I often look to the bye week. I feel like a lot of coaches like to change those uh, jerseys behind the center 
on the bye week just because it's easy time to plan and prep. Their bye week is week 10. Week. Yeah. 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 Which is 10. far enough away to where if you get nine games out of Tyrod Taylor in a one quarterback league, you know, that's most of your season at that point. So, yeah. But is it scary enough away and too close to the playoffs to put him in? <laughs> you know, the new the rookie yeah. comes in, you're like, crap, I want to see him for a week or two, right? Right, exactly. Yeah. Take him the game before the uh the playoffs. Woo. Now Tua, Tua is a completely different situation though, because I I believe Ryan Fitzpatrick will begin the season as the starter. Mm-hmm. But the question is for how long? And they have mm-hmm. they're quite the opposite from the Chargers in the sense of they have a really tough opening schedule. Yeah. Um, New England, Buffalo, Jacksonville, Seattle, San Francisco, my Denver Broncos, the Chargers, the Rams, Arizona, and Jer- Jersey. And don't hit the bye week till week 11. Yeah. 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 That is, it's rough. Um, you know, one could make the argument that, uh, you know, they're not going to play to a, against those tough matchups, but one could make the argument that, there is no point in them playing Ryan Fitzpatrick in those tough matchups. So, you know, it, you could go either way. Uh, as long as it's those matchups, I'm not really looking at Tua because I just feel like it's tough to succeed in those tough matchups, you know? Especially yeah, good, especially as a rookie. Yeah. I'd say it's tricky with that because I've, I've, I've had my cursor over the Fitzpatrick button as a streaming guy and then looked at that schedule and be like, no, I can't stream that. I know he loves to chuck it, but <laughs> the question he, was, is, he was the quarterback for against new England to end the season. He was people, <laughs> people remind us of that. Yes. Very often. So he, he the guy will chuck the ball, you know, he doesn't he care. Like you want to exactly. intercept it. Go ahead. I don't care. <laughs> I'm playing. I'm playing with house money at this point. You know, when he runs, he doesn't slide like Russell Wilson. He's like, I'm going to tackle you. <laughs> so it's, it's, it's pretty funny. <laughs> so the question that in that organization is, are they playing to win? Are they playing for a draft pick again? Not necessarily a new quarterback, but just draft draft picks and, and yeah. a better spot in the draft. So if that's the case, I don't think they care who's the quarterback. Also, how comfortable are they with Tua being fully healthy, fully ready to go? They want to give him even extra time to heal and get used yeah. to – the reps and how they feel and the system and everything like that. It's, it's a very, it, I mean, who knows? Who knows? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah uh, the only, the only rookie quarterback that I would be willing to draft at all is Joe Burrow. And that's including yeah. super flex leagues. Like I would yeah. take, I mean, like I drafted Justin Herbert in our super flex redraft league, but that's because I had Tyrod Taylor. And I just wanted to kind of, you know, make sure like, um, yeah. if I, I was I, I was going to grab him on the on the way back, but you took him from me. So <laughs> literally like three, four picks before me. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. If uh, you know, it's just harder in, to to have those starters in super flex leagues. So I just you know yeah. need to need to ensure that, especially especially when it's fourteen team. Jeez. Oh yeah. Um. Definitely. All right. So let's let's uh, let's leave the quarterback realm for a second. We're going to take a momentary shift, and it's going to be brief. Over to tight end. Uh, let me read the list to you. All right, I'm done reading the list. Uh, <laughs> I don't have any tight ends on my list that I am confident in starting this year. Yeah, maybe some guys can emerge, but I'm not confident in drafting them in the draft. I'm going to wait, see if they pop. Right, rookie tight ends usually take two or three years to, to be the man, yeah. and uh, most of them just don't look that great. Their situations at, uh, aren't phenomenal. 
look at TJ Hawkinson of last right? year. One week. Right. Yeah. One week. First week. It was a great week. All right. So quick, quick side story. In my one, I'm in a few different money leagues and redraft, right? Sure. So I'm in one. Um, Don't say that too loud. The fiance is next to you. <laughs> <laughs> Don't pay too much money. All right. Um, so I'm in one and uh, fourth round, this guy. I, I guess he's just in love with him, but he takes TJ Hawkinson. And we're all like, oh. oh, wow, like he's a rookie. Like, what are you doing? Like, rookie tight ends never pan out. And he's like, just watch. So you can imagine us that first week when TJ yeah. Hawkinson went off. We were like, what the hell did this man know that we didn't? What kind yeah. of insider knowledge? Yeah. And then obviously, you know. Progress back to the mean, but yeah, um, yeah, it, it was crazy that first week for me because I was like, "Wow, this dude, you know, he's got some knowledge." Yeah, but then he, you know, he he spent a fourth round pick on a rookie tight end and no. essentially threw the pick in the garbage. Yeah, no, thank you, no, thank you. That's when you look at the guy and say, "Oh, you dropped your sticker." What? I dropped my sticker. Are you sure? Because you definitely reached. Yeah, you oh. definitely. <laughs> you definitely. Should not have done that at the very least. All right. Um, well, we can go two different directions here because that was all the running, the tight end rookie talk I can do. Uh, we can go wide receiver. I got three on this list, or we can go to a little healthier list of running backs. You want to hit the wide receivers first, the shorter list, or the running backs? Uh, we'll hit the wide receivers, save the main event, because the running backs, I'm sure, are what everyone wants to hear. There you go. He's teasing it. He's teasing it. Look <laughs> at this guy. All right. I so have a on my own, so I just know it. There you go. At wide receiver, we got three on on this list. And if you uh, want to mention someone else, that's all good. You did mention a couple other people: um, Henry Ruggs, Jalen Rager, and Justin Jefferson. Yeah, there are some other fantastic, like CD Lamb and 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 Jerry Judy and stuff like that. I'm a Broncos fan, as y'all watching the YouTube's can see all kinds of Bronco swag behind me. But um, it's a beautiful Peyton jersey. Yeah, Peyton. If you Trell Davis is right below it. Sleeves over there. Yeah, we're oh, good. We're good. The sleeves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, so for me, as you were mentioning earlier, with quarterbacks, tight ends, wide receivers, you got to have the right situation. Right. It's not dynasty. Cream doesn't rise to the top. Oh shit! That's the question I was going to ask you, and I didn't ask you earlier. Does and and it probably keys in more on this and the quarterbacks. Does your strategy change at all when you're talking about rookies? And we're talking about I don't know if you I don't know if you play any mm-hmm. keeper leagues. Keeper leagues um, usually get to keep one to three players. It usually costs right. you an extra round to two to three rounds as opposed to what you drafted them to last season. I do not Does that change. Play, I do not play in any keeper leagues at the moment. Okay. Um, right. But I can imagine it would. But again, I mean. I can I can tell you where I sit on it because I do I play in a couple keeper leagues. For me, and these are like a 16 round keeper league with no kicker and defense. It's right. fairly deep. There's not many people left. Um, it's where the your roster is deep enough. Even though we start three flexes, uh, your roster is deep enough where you can let a rookie that you see having an opportunity this year and a definite opportunity let next year kind of sit and grow on your. Like I got me Cole Hardman for the 15th round this year. There's That's a great. late shot, you know, things like that. Yeah. So I would say this could be very helpful for you in a keeper league if you're in one of those, even more so than a regular league, but it's going to help you with both. Definitely. So, all right, Henry Ruggs, Justin Rager, 
Nope, Jalen Rager, Justin Jefferson. Keep my Lions there. And then um, Any anyone other? else you want to mention yeah. there? Yeah. So, yeah, rugs. Uh, rugs, I, I've had a tough time kind of putting my Maybe. finger on what I exactly, you know, think about Henry Ruggs. Like, you know, oh, we're going to move him around. Okay, okay, great. You know, you should. Um, uh, we're going to get him the ball, you know, so many different ways. All the coach All right. speak. All right. Yeah, great. Um, then you have this talk about Brian Edwards. Yeah. You know, looking like the best rookie out there. And, he, you know, for those of you who don't know, he was the third-round pick for the o- – or they were Oakland at – no, draft time, and they were Las Vegas, I believe. But, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the timing is off, honestly. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I, I, I think he's the most dynamic of all of the rookie wide receivers. You know, he, he he's the one-touch guy, you know, and he's kind of the reason – like, the Raiders wanted him because – they play Kansas City twice mm-hmm. a year, and they have to go up against Tyreek Hill and McCall Hardman. They don't really have an yep. answer for that. Now here's their answer in Henry Rose. You know, those the air quotes for those who aren't watching. <laughs> <laughs> um, but then you still have Derek Carr as your quarterback. Yeah, you know, and he's had one good season four years ago. And yes. how how much are you willing to buy into? A Derek Carr led off, you know, Marcus Mariota is, was signed as the backup. How much am I willing to buy into a Marcus Mariota led offense? Um, Ruggs has sort of the similar appeal that me, Nicole Hardman had to me last season, where he will have those games and, you know, he's a good best ball, best ball candy, but sure. he's not, um, he's not someone I'm really excited to draft and redraft like i said he's gonna have those games but it's just gonna be hard to rely on i can i can completely buy that so i don't know if you saw it on twitter or not but me and one of my league makes mr bk2 cole uh mr doomsday d what's up chump uh he 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 he, more air quotes called me out on uh, twitter and offered me a trade as he called me out for my rugs, which mm-hmm. I had ranked uh, around 35 at the time, and I think I still do looking at it, mm-hmm. and my um, regger, which I had all the way down at 60. Um, now I have it 39, closer. And that was yeah. because I I changed some of the workload stuff with uh, with some of the players, and, and it's what I think is reasonable. We'll see. That Eagle team I is think very it's a little more reasonable, but it was a dynasty league, so. I got out on technicality because <laughs> I, I, so I think that, I think that for, for, um, not regular for rugs, he should walk in as a one, two, either, or on the team. He has the opportunity to play. That's one of the biggest deals you can have on a fantasy team is yep. the opportunity. You got to start there. He has the opportunity from day one. Rager, um, might have the opportunity at day one. Yeah, he might be behind, you know, the other two guys if they're a healthy and b not suspended, things like that. They have, they have, uh, Greg Ward, I believe, yes, starter over Jalen Rager right now on the depth chart. Yeah, I saw that, and he's in my queue. That <laughs> pick comes up on this round. He's he's in there since I couldn't get Corey Davis. Whatever. Um, <laughs> so uh, yeah, there you go. 
Um, somebody, right? It's the it's a 16th round, so who cares? Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's the opportunity deal, and, and I could see it, but then I can't stand the quarterback scenario over in yeah. Oakland. Or yeah. damn it, Las now Vegas, I get it. Yeah. Las Vegas, thank you. <laughs> uh can't stand the quarterback scenario. It's not that Carr's a bad quarterback, it's just it doesn't he's not, he's, yeah, yeah. Um he ha- he arguably has the lowest ceiling of any quarterback starting. Yeah. Other than yeah. I mean, like you could even argue Mitch Trubisky's ceiling is higher if he actually runs the football like he did the year before last. So, yeah, um, yeah it's it's just do yeah. you really want to buy into that offense? Yeah, it's tough to make that argument. So that's why I have a tough time with it, and I'm still taking rugs in dynasty over Rager all day yeah. long. So, all right, we'll leave those two behind. They can help your team. I'm definitely not plugging them in as my two, at least not early in the season. Will I plug either one of those in as my three, my four? I could see myself maybe plugging um, Rugs in as my three, Rager in as my four early in the season, and then seeing mm-hmm. how it develops as it goes, depending on how many flex spots you have. So, Rugs could be one of those guys where, you know, you're down by a lot heading into like a Monday night game or something, and yeah, you, you, that gotta take, you just got to take the shot. Henry Rugs could, you know, he is a guy who could drop. 30, 40 points in the game. So, get, that juju, get that juju, catch it on the 10, take it to the, the end zone play. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. There you go. All right. Next on our list, we have Justin Jefferson. I added him to the list. And I'm, I don't I don't know how much I love him. Uh, I don't know how much I love him. I've never drafted him yet. I'm taking right. Irv Smith over him in a lot of yeah. scenarios, especially since we're starting to get him out there in the field. Um. Justin Jefferson, though, has an opportunity to, to get out there with uh, Diggs gone. Yeah. But how do you feel about Justin Jefferson? Honestly. Always. It it <laughs> makes it so hard with this offseason because mm-hmm. one of the things about this offseason is all we have to go on is beat reporters. Yeah. And, you know, random reports. Do, but right. Yeah, and – so, you know, you see, oh, Justin Jefferson is impressing people in camp and, you know, he looks like the clear two. And then you see, oh, well, Justin Jefferson's running with the second team offense. <laughs> and, you know, you just don't know where to kind of place your finger on Justin Jefferson. So for that reason, I'm kind of out. You know, I'd yeah. rather just not take the chance. But um, And not the highest volume offense in the world. Yeah, uh, I believe Kirk Cousins attempted 450 i want to say uh past attempts right. I, I have it here but it sounds ish right yeah under yeah. 500 for sure yeah definitely um gary kubiak taking over it's it's just going to be more of the same they're going to rely yeah. on dalvin cook adam thielen is the clear wide receiver one um i think they will create situations where justin jefferson will succeed this season um he could get 50 receptions I definitely see that as a possibility. He could be the wide receiver too on that offense. You know, he could legitimately start opposite Adam Thielen. Um, he's more of a slot receiver though, at, from what you've seen in college. And they have. I'm not saying he can't be an outside receiver, but it's a it's a transition, and you have you have yeah. to take that time into account. Um, so well, you know. Just, 
to get him up to wide receiver 45, I had to give him 60 receptions to get there. And six it, touchdowns on that 60, which is a pretty a pretty good clip too. One for every yeah. 10 receptions. So yeah. that's pretty actually aggressive as I'm looking at it here. But you know, I'm just I'm giving him some extra of that of that Diggs love, I guess. Um yeah, it's pretty aggressive if to get remember, him even to that low. If you remember, you know, when Diggs and Thielen were both healthy last season, and Diggs is a proven, you know, top 15 talent at the position. Diggs was really bad for fantasy and, and Thielen was the yeah. clear one. So, yeah. um, you know, it, it's tough to buy into Justin Jefferson, not because of his talent, but because like you mentioned, it's a low volume passing offense and it's going to stay that way. All right. So we're not, we're saying don't snag this guy, keep an eye on him, but don't go and grab him in your draft. Or you still got to draft before the season starts your late draft. All right. Is there any other wide receivers that you would feel comfortable drafting and starting on your roster and not just waiting to see him catch him on, on waivers later. So there are a few. Um, it was Brandon. Ayuk was probably going to be the guy. But, <laughs> yeah. Um, his, his recent injury, his yeah. hamstring injury is kind of somewhat worrisome. Um, we'll see. We'll just have to see how that goes. And if he's healthy um, and Debo Samuel is not for the 49ers, then yeah, I'm comfortable starting Brandon Ayuk early because they have to throw the ball to someone other than George Kittle. Yeah, and at least they should. I, I yeah, I mean they don't have to. I have George no. Kittle in that in that redraft league, so um, they uh, could true. just throw to George Kittle every down. I would not be upset with that. But um, you know, Brandon Ayuk would be the de facto one at that point because of yeah. all of the injuries. And uh, he was handpicked by this team in the first round. And I think that says a lot. You know, they put a lot of investment into the um, wide receiver court these past few years. Dante Pettis, uh, Jalen Hurd, Debo Samuel were all top three round picks, but none of them were a first round pick like Brandon Ayuk, who compares a lot to Debo Samuel. So, yeah, I, I think uh, if if he's healthy, he's someone I'm willing to start. Okay, okay. Um, any other? Uh, we good on wide receivers? I think. Uh, I think Jerry Judy is someone who I you know he'll have stretches and and when he's having those stretches, I'm willing to buy into him. But um, he's he, he's t- he's going to be tough to rely on because I. To me, I think his rookie season will compare to DJ Moore's rookie season where um, DJ Moore, I believe, had like two separate four-game stretches where he was really good for fantasy, but then kind of fell off after those. Um, I I see Jerry Judy in that similar light, but obviously that depends on Drew Locke. Can he actually take the step? All the question marks there for my Broncos. I get it. I get it. The only uh, thing good I was, I was gonna saying, ask sorry. real quick, uh, do you do you believe in Drew Locke? Do you think he takes the step? I feel like the man is gonna have to chuck the hell out of the ball this year. I mean the defense is quote unquote good. They're good, but we're playing an additional round of Tampa Bay, New Orleans Saints, Falcons. Falcons. Yeah. 
just the, yeah. the addition of the rotation of that division and the Chiefs twice. And are the Raiders actually retooled as this fast-paced team, or not fast-paced team, but high-flying team with these additions? I don't know. They are, but it's it lends itself to him needing to pass more. Mm-hmm. We'll see what really happens. I'm to, I'm very torn on it. Um, so I'm hoping I'm hoping that it does. I think uh, he's. You know, I've preached in the past that if you want a young quarterback to succeed, you have to put him in that position to succeed. Um, Pat Mahomes, you know, he he didn't walk into nothing. He walked into Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey, um, Sammy Watkins, even at that time, Kareem Hunt. He he walked into Andy Reid as his coach, you know, a great situation. Whereas Drew Locke now has Jerry Judy, Cortland Sutton, Melvin Gordon, and Phil Plinzi at running back. Noah Fant at tight end. And Pat Shermer is this offensive yeah, coordinator. Yeah. So it's it's set up for Drew Locke. So yeah. Yeah, they spent a little bit of work on the offensive line. Not, not as much as I'd like, but I'll take what they did. So yeah. it definitely helps. Ah, we shall see. Let's kick over to the running back side. So we got a we got a little list of running backs here. Draft Clyde Edwards Hilaire. I think we can just say that one and leave that where it is, right? I and I had the 107 in this dynasty, well, not dynasty, but redraft uh, league with you. Um, and I talked to some people about trading down, and you were one of them. But in my head, before I really even, you know, talked to anyone, I said, I'm going to be wowed by an offer where I'm not trading down because right. I have Clyde Edwards Hilaire. Mm-hmm. And I, I was one pick away. Alvin Kamara and Clyde Edwards Hilaire were both on the board. So I knew one of them was coming to me, and I have them both as top five guys. So, you know, I'm I'm fine with taking you know my top five a top five running back at the 107. Ended yeah. up being Clyde Edwards Hilaire that made it back to me. So, yeah, uh, draft him. He's going to be good. Yeah, draft pick trading is always a little tricky because you have to kind of overpay to get in that premier spot. And I'm a damn cheapskate when it comes to my <laughs> draft picks, and I hate giving them up. And so it's like. Man, I do want your offer, should be there. Your offer huh? was pretty good, though. I mean, like, it was yeah. a second and a third for yeah. my first and a fifth. So, I mean, like, yeah. It's yeah a I, threw, I threw two different offers in there to, to you know, try and that was the more appealing. give you some options. Yeah, I figured as much. Yeah, my wife uh, was drafting me in the Friends and Family League, and she was seventh, and I was eighth. And I was like, come on, and she sniped me. My damn wife sniped me. Oh she wasn't God. using my rankings. She was using another set that, that we firmly trust. Wow. And um, the one I usually use until I made my own this year, and she snagged him right for me. And I, I said some 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 foul words very loudly. <laughs> uh, it wasn't the only time she did it to me that night. So, <laughs> all right. So, Clyde, draft him. Done. Right. All right. That's the clearest scenario. He it's it's like Josh Jacobs last year. When you know the running back starting, the rookie running back starting, you're a lot more confident in drafting him. So go yeah. get him. I don't see another rookie running back on the list that we are confident in starting because I don't think there is any that are currently firmly starting. There's definitely some glimmers that some could be though. Right. Week one. Or- week one, you know, it's funny because last season, like David Montgomery was a guy who yep. I had a lot of confidence in. Yep. And week one, if, if you remember, Mike Davis week, for mm-hmm. some reason, some God, godforsaken week reason, it was Mike Davis week. Um, and he looked atrocious, and they realized that after. 
but teams are not willing to, you know, they're, they're, I don't know if it's just the ode to the veteran or what, but mm-hmm. you know, they want to see that veteran first trust. Yeah. Some, some of them's trust, you know, uh, some of it's the giving the veteran the love first and letting him lose his job. Yeah. In a sense. So, all right. So we got We got a little long list here and uh, we're going to, we're going to move through them. Not too quickly, but we're going to hit them effectively. <laughs> so great. We got, we got cam makers here as the first one on the list. I'll let you hit him. I'll let you hit a couple, then I'll hit a couple. So, Cam Akers. So, um, Cam Akers is a guy I'm in love with this season. Um, in love. I in love. Love. love Cam Akers to this point. So, uh, follow him on Twitter if you don't already, but at Detroit Beastie. Uh, Chris Robin, I know love you recently him. had, him, recently had him on the show. show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I've had him on our podcast a few times as well. Yeah. Um, he, I believe he got this from NFL Network or something, but I saw him a few months ago put this out. Vacated carries by team. The only team that had more than 200 vacated carries was the Los Angeles Rams, which obviously, you know, Todd Gurley leaving. That makes sense. Um, the next closest was LA, the Chargers, with uh, Melvin Gordon. Gordon. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So um, that opening to me, is just huge. You know, like 234 vacated carries. Like that is the workhorse role that is up for grabs in Los Angeles. And if you've seen uh, Sean McVay talk about it to this point, he's like, yeah, you know, I envy what um, uh, Kyle Shanahan has been able to do in San Francisco with his four running back committee. But the thing is that Sean Mc, or I'm sorry, Kyle Shanahan isn't necessarily doing that by choice. Mm-hmm. You know, like three out of the four running backs that he used for the most part last season were undrafted, you know, between Raheem Mostert, Matt Breida, and Jeff Wilson. And then Tevin Coleman, I mean, he was a third round pick. Yeah, but what was that, five, six years ago now? So mm-hmm. Tevin Coleman is not what he was when he was an Atlanta Falcon. Mm-hmm. So I feel like the Kyle Shanahan committee is more by necessity than anything. And whereas, yeah, mm-hmm. an injury because, you know, Tevin Coleman probably so, would have kept the job for the most part of the season had he not got injured last season too. Jarek McKinnon was signed to be the guy. Um, but Cam Akers versus Darrell Henderson, John Kelly, and Malcolm Brown. Like Malcolm yeah. Brown, the trust is there. But he's not going to be, you know, a great running back in the NFL, even if you were to put him on the field and make him, you know, into that Todd Gurley mold. Um, John Kelly is a former seventh round pick and hasn't gotten really any playing time, uh, despite being on the Rams for two seasons now. Um, And then Darrell Henderson, yeah, he, he was a third round pick last season, but the Rams had a ton of holes to fill this season and didn't have a first round pick because they traded for Jalen Ramsey and still felt the need to spend their first pick on Cam Akers. You know, I'm not willing to trust him week one, like I said, but I don't think it's going to take very long for Sean McVay to realize this is our best running back and we need to, you know, give him that role and make him the premier guy on this team. Okay, I like it. Right now, uh, 
one quarterback leagues, I believe he's in the fifth round. And uh, in that Superflex league, I was kicking myself because he was there for me in the seventh round, and I just didn't even realize it. I took another guy that I love. <laughs> I, hate I, that. Just, I just completely didn't realize it. And, um, yeah, I would have – been so ecstatic to get cam makers in the seventh i think he's gonna have a huge season yeah all right next let's talk about dobbins jk no actually jk dobbins <laughs> jk not talking about dobbins huh. right, uh, i mean he's got a big hurdle but then he's got he's got if, if they use him like they did the gus bus alone that's a great right. opportunity yeah um I love J.K. Dobbins. I had him my RB2. I believe he was my pre-draft RB2 behind only Taylor. Um, I I really liked what I saw on film. I thought he could do a little bit of everything. And, you know, Baltimore is just a perfect landing spot because with Lamar Jackson at quarterback, any running back can succeed. So, um you know, putting a very talented and young running back like J.K. Dobbins in that situation, it's beautiful. Now, we've already projected that Mark Ingram is going to remain the guy at least for this season. Mm-hmm. Who knows how long into the future. But for this season, I, I think J.K. Dobbins has late season upside, though. The, the way they've talked about him, um, he has upside if he were to kind of, you know, at least split into like a 50-50 role with him, he and Mark Ingram. Yeah, he's he's a eighth-round pick, so you, you've got your lineup filled up. You're picking him up. You're, t- you're stashing him for a while, see what happens, see what his workload is. Totally see that. Without Ingram getting hurt, granted his touchdown receptions are going to come down. His touchdowns will probably back up a little, but – He's just still a good running back, even for yeah. being a little bit of an old man Jenkins. He's still a good running back, and he's also a little bit of a uh, of a, of a, a loudmouth guy. And so I, I feel like he'll be given the uh, Peterson deaths there if you uh, don't have him in there enough. I yeah, think he'd right? be a little a little bit of a ruckus maker with, bar, um, without injury, just I, pushing him to the side. I don't see him going quietly into the night. Yeah, no, he definitely won't. Um, yeah. Really quick, I just want to bring up Baltimore's playoff schedule um, and fantasy playoff schedule. So, yeah, 14, 15, 16. He, they play Cleveland, which is okay, solid. Um, <laughs> I know you saw me handed the screen. Oh, sorry. For those who are watching on the YouTube, you saw that. For those who aren't watching, it's Beyonce, I assume. Just yeah. stuck her arm in the picture with a spoon right here <laughs> like this. I don't know why. I love uh, it. It cracked me up. Wanted it out of the way. Now I'm getting handed a cap for some reason. I'm not All sure. right. So um, <laughs> I, I'm i not sure. Anyway. Um, playoff schedule. The playoff schedule. Ravens play Cleveland, which is okay. But then Jacksonville and the New York Giants. So those are, I mean, Cleveland's more of a middle of the road one. But Jacksonville and New York are really great matchups. And those are playoff weeks. Those are championship weeks. So, you know, there there is a good reason to kind of take J.K. Dobbins if he can take that role later later on in the season. Yeah, I like it. I like being able to fill up the uh, backside of the roster with some. After you've got a couple, okay, you know, you got 
a good depth piece for running back, good depth piece for wide receiver, depending on how deep your bench is. It's nice to take those shot guys that have a chance to either develop or show up right away, yeah. depending on, on where they sit. So I love it. Um, and uh, Little Miss Swift? Uh, I, I have no idea, honestly. Like, okay. In theory, Carrion Johnson is going to get hurt, right? I mean, <laughs> is that, that theory? Or... Is that really theory? <laughs> Uh, or is it a guarantee at this point? You know, um, we don't, we want to, never want to a wish bad luck on a guy, and right, b we never right, want to project yeah. injury. Yeah, but if you are just more injury, I don't want to say injury prone, but I just did. So if you're more injury prone, then you just are. Yeah, some guys are are just built like that, and it's been his mo through college, now yeah. into the pros, and, and you know, it's like I said. I wish he could come out and play 16 games this season and then kind of show into the future that he has a future as a workhorse. But, you know, sometimes you, you got to just admit what we've seen so far. Are you willing um, to throw that six round, early six-round pick on him, though? Is the, Without knowing that the other guy is hurt. It's tough. It's tough because what I really, really believe is that they're going to keep this a committee because it's not like Carrion Johnson isn't <laughs> talented. Right. Like yeah. he's, a, he's a really talented running back. He was a second round pick for a reason. Yeah. And I think that their theory is well, if we, you know, use a committee here, have carry on on about half the time, Andre yeah. Swift on about half the time. Both of them are very talented. Same. Yeah, exactly. They're, they're, um, they will cut into each other's stats a bit, but their health will remain. And so that'll help not only themselves, but the team as well so um if that were to happen which i i mean like swift would need the carry on johnson injury in order to take that step into being a top 15 running back for me um which like i said i i won't project injury and it's hard to say like even if you, you know you were to say well he's for sure getting injured you don't know when it's gonna be you know, so it could very well be week 16. And at that point, you know, you're kind of lost, you know, because you you could draft Swift early and he could ju- kind of just be mediocre for you because he and carry on Johnson are eating into each other. Sure. All right. So after two rookie. Probably handcuffs, probably not a lot of standalone value on this list, uh, add him to, to your last three guys here. I threw Darrington Evans in here, which I have a little love affair with. I had three of three of my four drafts so far. I he, was snagged him. he was pretty good in college. Yeah. I, I was going to snag him this one. And, and the guy that poked fun at me on Twitter, he grabbed, uh, both Rager and, and Evans on a, on uh-huh. a turn before it came back to me. So I couldn't get either one of the two. I was going to target there. He did it on purpose. I think, uh, and, and DJ Dallas is, I'm taking him, I think one place just as a sneaky backup to carry on the opportunity could be there. Yeah. More likely he'll just get cut. But if he doesn't, you know, right. Carry so, on. Um, so Darrington Evans, let's start, uh, yeah. back up to Derrick Henry workhorse Derrick Henry. Right. So he will have legit no role unless Henry were to get hurt. But I feel as though that but he has some decent hands, does he not? He, yeah, he's he's pretty good. Uh, a lot of people project him to kind of step into the 
quote-unquote Deion Lewis role, but I mean like Deion Lewis's role with the Titans over the past few years has been, you know. Minimal. Yeah, minimal, to say the least. Um, So I I don't see a lot of value in him unless Derrick Henry were to get hurt. But if Darren, or I'm sorry, if Derrick Henry were to get hurt, it it's interesting. I mean, I don't know, yeah. I don't know where I would place him then. But this Tennessee offense is kind of, I mean, it's definitely built to run the the football, and I don't think a Derrick Henry injury would just stop them from doing that. You know, so yeah. he would get work. And yeah. so for that, you know, he's someone you should definitely keep on the radar. You know, he's not. I wouldn't put him on the same tier of handcuffs as like Alexander Madison, Tony Pollard and them, but I would probably put him on the next tier down as far as handcuffs. See, I'd probably put him closer to Pollard than I would Madison. Madison will get some individual work, kind of like a cream hunt would. Um, I feel like Pollard to be useful needs Zeke to go down and Zeke doesn't like to do that. So yeah, Madison tends to like if Minnesota's ahead, Mm -hmm. Madison will take over in the fourth quarter. Gives Dalvin right. a rest, yeah, yeah. Versus Henry, just that's when he breaks his eighty-yard touchdowns. And- <laughs> so. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, DJ Dallas, he's he's kind of interesting because I see him more as the Rashad Penny type than mm-hmm. uh, Chris Carson. So Chris Carson's the clear-cut starter, right? And then you have Carlos Hyde behind him, DJ Dallas, and then you have Rashad Penny, who's starting on the pup. And I mean, when is he exactly coming back from his torn ACL? We, we don't really know. So I'm not really counting Rashad Penny as active for this season. So this running back room to me is Chris Carson, DJ Dallas, Carlos Hyde. Um, Carlos Hyde will be ahead of DJ Dallas because of the, being a veteran, being having mm-hmm. that trust. Um, but I think DJ Dallas plays a role that is more fit to being a compliment to Chris Carson than Carlos Hyde does. You know, and like Carlos Hyde is like, like putting Carlos Hyde, taking Chris Carson off the field and putting Carlos Hyde in is redundant because Carlos Hyde would be a worse Chris Carson. Whereas DJ Dallas would give you some pop and play a sort of different role as a pass catcher. Right. You know, so he couldn't he couldn't have a role in this offense earlier than we think. And the Seahawks are a team where we've seen this before with Rashad Penny and Chris Carson. You know, Chris Carson, the former seventh round pick, Rashad Penny, a former first round pick, where they don't care about draft capital. You know, so if DJ Dallas is good and shows up well in camp, then I I think he'll have a role on this team. So he's he's worth the dart throw to me. Speaking of dart throws, let's talk about these last three guys. Let's talk about Gibson Kelly and Antonio Gandy-Golden. Now, Gandy-Golden is a wide receiver. but He is, and somehow he ended fit. up in that section. But. <laughs> he can fit in here because he yeah. is kind of a dart throw. Um, he is. I'll start with Gandy-Golden real quick. But uh, yeah. as far as Washington, I will say that Pass catchers, period. I don't want anyone besides Terry McLaurin. So, um, if Alex Smith were to take over, it's a different 
question. You know, I think I'd be more inclined to buy into some of these guys. But as long as it's Dwayne Haskins, I'm only going to trust that he can support Terry McLaurin. And I'll, I, I think I'll be lucky if he even does that, honestly, for this season. Yeah. Um, so I, I, I'm not really interested in Gandy Golden for this season. I think he has a, a future as um, being opposite Terry McLaurin. But apparently Dontrell Inman is running with the ones over Gandy Golden. And then Steve Smith, Steven Sims and uh, Trey Quinn are fighting for the slot job. So, yeah, who knows? this question? Because I agree. I don't. I. I. I barely like their passing game, and I don't love their running game. But somehow I have this weird addiction to their running game this year. Mm-hmm. Like I want to get that guy that's going to happen, right? That because it doesn't matter if it's AP or Gibson or Love. It doesn't matter which one it is. You can get them all for free. Yeah, really late. Yeah, one of them should be the starter. Is it the veteran? Is it Love, yeah, probably, who's yeah, a rookie, probably. the second-year rookie that's come back from uh, injury and they want to see what he's got? If is it, you know, is it the new rookie? Which one is it? I don't know. There was actually one draft. I said, no, nah, I'll skip on AP just because of that. And uh, second or third, last round, whatever. I s- grabbed one on the way and grabbed Love on the way back just because, you know what, if, if one of these guys do pop, great. Yeah. I just got a free starter on a team that I'm not even sure is worth having a starter on. <laughs> I don't know why I did it. Um, or or I just found myself two new streaming spots, and I'm good there too. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, or you could flip them. You know, like they have one good week, and then everyone's like, oh, yeah, I got to get this guy, you know. so Sure. Um, flip yeah. one and get rid of the other. Yeah, cut them. <laughs> let them go forever. Um yeah, in, in that league that we were talking about, I took Bryce Love, I want to say, third to last round. Mm-hmm. Um, so talk about free. And, you know, so what I'm seeing so far is Adrian Peterson as the one, Bryce Love as the two, Antonio Gibson as the three. But, I mean, Gibson's the best pass catcher of the yeah. three. So is he going to take third down work? Um, is he going to be utilized as a wide receiver? Is he just going to be utilized as a running back at, or as a receiver out of the backfield? You know, it's kind of hard to put your finger on it. Um, I'll take Adrian Peterson because I think Adrian Peterson, you know, he was he looked good last season for this yeah. team. Uh, it didn't necessarily translate to a ton of fantasy success because his team is just bad. But... Um, I, I think he's going to finish higher than the other two. Like, I think he'll be the highest uh, scoring Washington football team running back. I know it's so weird to say Washington football team, but here we are in this crazy time of the world. Said it before, I'll say it again. You guys need to make your name the Washington Warriors. You don't have to change your logos. <laughs> All right. I don't know about the getting away with not changing the logos part. But I do like the ring of the Washington Warriors. They should make it work, right? All right. Last guy on this list is Mr. Kelly. And uh, I guess that. Yep, Joshua Kelly. We're on a first-name basis now. We are. I like Mr. Kelly. It sounded kind of cool. Um, So I'm kind of torn here. I could see 
could maybe get in the work as the uh, as the second back over there with the Chargers. I just can't see him taking enough work from Eckler, even if he gets the spot from day one is the problem I have. And then him not being the receiving back either, I feel like just crushes yeah. him. Like Justin Jackson doesn't feel much better either. But Right. Like Eckler is the receiving back, and there's no debate about that. Yeah. The question would be, who gets the goal line? Goal line work. Because yeah. that was Melvin Gordon last season. Got 191 carries. You know, it was very interesting. Um, after the Chargers cut, or I'm sorry, not cut, but uh, fired, that's the word, uh, Ken Wisenhunt midseason and then hired Steve Steichen, who's their offensive coordinator now. Um, I believe it was week eight that they fired Wisenhunt, so week nine on. Um Austin Eckler was the running back eight, which is not surprising. But Melvin Gordon was the running back seven. So eh, very close to there. the game. Yeah. Um, this offense can utilize two running backs. But the thing is that Melvin Gordon is a talented running back. And yeah. how talented is Justin Jackson? How talented is Joshua Kelly? So and I does our new quarterback play the same way their old quarterback played. Right, where, you know, Melvin Gordon still had receptions last season. Tyrod Taylor, you know, um, I really don't think he checks down very much. Uh, you look at how LaShawn McCoy performed when Tyrod Taylor was his quarterback in Buffalo. It's just, you know, he's a good runner because having a rushing quarterback opens things up in the sure. running lanes. But as a passer, you know, he's he's just not checking the ball down very often because he can run it himself. Yeah. So um, I think it takes that upside away. Uh, it's between Kelly and jo- uh, Josh Jackson for the goal line work for me. Now, my co host, Billy, uh, if you want to follow him on Twitter, everyone at Getting Bills. Um, getting Bills. Look at that. A co host giving his buddy who's not even on the show some love. You got to respect that. He's. He's been my friend for a while now, so you know I'd, I'd oh. feel like I was cheating on him if I if I didn't do that. Eh, you sort of. <laughs> <laughs> you would like that, wouldn't you? Um, oh boy. <laughs> he they, he, still is, <laughs> <laughs> he is a Josh Kelly truther, so he would be, you know, if he were here, he would say it's going to be Josh Justin Kelly Jackson. Truther. Got it. Right. He he would be the one to say that, but. Um, I don't know the trust. You know, we've talked about coach trust when it comes to the running back position. They trust Josh or Justin Jackson. He's been there for mm-hmm. years. It's mm-hmm. not like he's a bad running back. Nope. So honestly, it's a toss up. Um, but you know, even if uh, let's say it does become Josh Kelly, right? What's his ceiling? Eight rushing touchdowns off those. So what then would you be? happy playing him half of his games so guessing which games he's useful and guessing which games he's not depends on how many flexes you have how about that yeah you got enough flexes you can slide anybody in that third flex maybe even the second flex but not the first flex if you have five flex spots wow you went really deep (laughs) (laughs) and i'll hate you (laughs) (laughs) all right that's Uh, awesome (laughs) okay um yeah i mean like I'm not opposed to the Chargers running game, and I'm kind of off on Eckler. 
I mean, not off, off, like he's, he's still a top 15 guy, but I don't have him as high as a lot of people do. Yeah. The um, train has left the station for him. Yeah. So, um, there could be value with yeah. one of these two running backs. So I, I, they're both going very late slash being undrafted. So there are guys that you could definitely sit back and wait on and watch and oh, yeah. see what happens. So I, I think I would go that route. Yeah. All right. Oh, or wait. or pick them up on waiver wires a little later yeah. if they're there. Yeah, definitely. Um, you said, "Oh wait, yeah, oh wait." I just, I just saw a pick in our uh, FFL as alumni league, so that oh, means shit. that means I'm up. That means you're up. So, uh, well, we were going to exit this damn show, but we're not going to now. All right, here's my team. Uh, those listening, yell out who you want me to take. I can't hear you, but uh, I'm I'm listening. <laughs> All right, I got Zeke in the first round. I'm going from the fifth and a. 14 team half PPR half point per first down. I took Zeke Elliott, let Amar, um, Kamara and Clyde Edwards pass me by and took Zeke. I came back, came back around the second round, and uh, I wanted to go running back, running back, but because of super flex um, and four or five running uh, quarterbacks coming off the board, two tight ends coming off the board, Devontae Adams came to me. I had to take the man, seemed wrong not to, so I took him. I wasn't going Godwin. That's just not my thing. Third round, I said I got to take a quarterback for again, so I don't get in trouble. I took Josh Allen, came back around, got DJ Moore, solidified okay. that wide receiver core a little. Came back around, got Gardner Minshew as quarterbacks were leaving the board. I could have had Jimmy G, not a fan. Could have had Joe Burrow, mm, Kirk Cousins, no. Could have took a chance on Cam Newton, didn't. All right. <laughs> So uh, I could have got oh, no golf went right before me. That's probably who I would have took otherwise. But all right, after that I took Tyler Boyd. So it's a start three wide receiver with two regular flex and a super flex. So at this point I've got Zeke, my stud running back. I got my wide receiver core on pretty good lockdown. I feel after that I take Mark Ingram. Let's get that second running back in there. It should get some love. I got this weird little affliction for with uh, Cohen this year. I feel like he's gonna have a bounce back season, get more receptions, and with the uh, half point. Per reception, half point per first down. I said, let's do it. Yeah. Um, I went with uh, New York Giant, probably the wrong one in Golden Tate, but I took Golden Tate. I figured, why not? Came back around, got Alexander Madison, because I like him as a handcuff and maybe a little standalone value. We'll see. Mm-hmm. Next two rounds, two rounds, I figured it was time to grab my tight ends, because uh, I don't have any, and it is tight end premium. I grabbed Blake Jarwin and Chris Herndon back-to-back. I like the opportunity for both those guys, one of those guys, Hopefully will pop for me. Right. Uh, been grabbing Boston Scott in a couple drafts lately. I like his opportunity as a committee back. If they go committee, yeah. I like his opportunity as the back, a share of a bigger back. Should um, yeah. He was he was someone I was looking at with that pick. So you know, okay. now that's uh, nice there we go. You're not exactly in front of me, but close to it. Yeah. So should. Um, Sanders go down. There's my name disease for you. Should Sanders go down? Um, he has a great opportunity amongst just having good committee back or third down back opportunity by himself. And you never know with that receiver core. You might see both running backs on the field at the same time. Yeah. After that, I went Paris Campbell. I actually wanted to go with uh, <laughs> uh, Corey Davis there, and I didn't. I have some weird thing for Corey Davis. I think he's going to have a better rebound this year. But I don't know. It's late, and I was just feeling silly. I didn't take him anyway. I took Paris Campbell because I still like Paris Campbell better. I probably made the right decision. Um, 
And then Marcus Mariota, because I don't have a third quarterback. And in this league, if you don't get one, you're spending. So I was going to go wide receiver here, but I think I'm comfortable with with my wide receivers. I was going to go running back here. Not really. I don't really like anything left on the running back board. Mm, I'm not going to look too far down the list, but I'm going to say no. You could take Darius Geis. He is I'm not taking Darius Geis. He was drafted. uh, Yeah, I'm not taking Darius. All right. This is going to be probably a throwaway pick, a future – flex uh, uh, waiver wire spot for me. But in the odd chance, and he came up a few times in this conversation, I'm going to take uh, Mr. Alex Smith. <laughs> I saw him out there trying to get on you the did. field. And I just don't love, I just don't love, uh, what's his face? Haskins. Yeah. yeah. Haskins, there's not a lot you. to love. Not a lot to love. So um, there's my team. That was fun. <laughs> uh, I... In the same league, um, drafting from the seventh spot. So I have Clyde Edwards Hilaire at 107. I have him as a top five back, so I love that. George Kittle, I have him as my tight end one because, you know, all the wide receivers going down. And as you mentioned, tight end premium. So I put a little emphasis on getting Kittle. Yeah, to be advantage. Drew Brees in round three, because I I just knew that if I didn't take Brees, then then I would not have my pick of the litter at the quarterback position. Yep. Um Fourth round, I got David Montgomery just because, you know, he's a solid RB2, in my opinion, because sure. of the workload, the, the guaranteed workload. Um, and really, after him, there was James Conner, and there was very little at the running back position. So I had to grab one there. And then the fifth round, screaming value, Robert Woods yeah. right yeah. there. A.J. Brown in the sixth round, I thought he was a beautiful guy to pair with Robert Woods. Because of yeah. you know the style of play, uh, Brandon Cooks, another guy I'm in love with in the seventh round. Like I mentioned earlier, I wish mm-hmm. I'd taken Cam Akers, but you know we 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 made it through. And like I said, I do like Brandon Cooks, so I'm not upset. Uh, I ended up getting James White in the eighth round, and you know this is uh, half point PPR, so yeah. he will he will have a solid role. Tyrod Taylor and Justin Herbert back to back ninth, tenth. Um, I Locking do like up the quarterback. Yeah, exactly. I do like Tyrod for this season. Um, he's not a great quarterback, but he's always solid at fantasy, so that makes it work for me. Uh, Deshaun Jackson there in the eleventh round. I would have taken Emmanuel Sanders, but he was taking one pick before me, so I was oh, fine. in the wrong direction. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I was just saying, I would have taken Manuel Sanders there, and then you explain why. Okay, got uh, yeah. it. <laughs> um, but yeah, Jackson, I mean, right now he's looking like the wide receiver one for, for Philly because of the yeah. way things are working out. Uh, Jarek McKinnon and Bryce Love back-to-back, 12th, 13th rounds. Um, those are my shots at the running back position, really, sure. you know. Uh, Jarek McKinnon is someone who's been getting – both of them have been getting a lot of love at camp, so, you know – there's a chance that they're both used and can crack a, a flex spot in my in my lineup. Yeah. Some extra depth at the running back position too. Yeah. Uh, Will Disley because he's been great. <sighs> I got I got a love affair with that man. I'd love to have him on my team more than two weeks. <laughs> uh, the the two week wonder of Will Disley every season. Yeah. Yep. Uh, Russell Gage at the fifteenth round, which I think is solid. Um, you know, 
he's not going to be a world beater, but he's someone there where, like, if, you know, one of my wide receivers has COVID, I could play Russell Gage if I really need to. Yeah. And uh, finished it out by drafting James Winston just to have that handcuff for Drew Brees. Not, you know, it's not necessarily my strategy, but if Drew Brees were to get hurt, you'd pay your entire uh, budget. To get you to. would, especially in a super flex, and especially in a fourteen team. The, the, the more teams there are, like fourteen teams, you're usually starting two quarterbacks. That's twenty eight teams a week. Yeah. Okay, that's on a good week. That's what, assuming someone else doesn't have three quarterbacks, which they do. Yeah. And that's Definitely. also to mean there's not um, bye weeks. Yeah. <laughs> Those happen too. So yeah, yeah, not a bad move, man. Not a bad move. So locked up both backfields, and uh, there you go. And yeah. eventually, if uh, one takes over, you can just cut the other one and. And pick up someone else off the waiver wire to, to yeah, exactly. have another opportunity. So, yeah. yeah. So, cool, cool. Well, I appreciate you coming on the show. That was a good time. Yeah. And uh, it's kind of fun breaking down our teams in the end, too. You don't always get to do that on live on the air. So, I love it. Uh, yeah, I before, we, before we go, why don't you remind everybody where your work can be found? Sure thing. Um, at Fantasy Force FB on Twitter, uh, at Dynasty Force Pod for my podcast. Um, we air Wednesday nights at 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, uh, live on Twitter and YouTube, and we can be fi- found on all major streaming platforms, uh, Dynasty Force Podcast, uh, YouTube as well, if you just so happen to want to see our faces. All right, cool, cool. Uh, I can be found on Twitter at Bob3Toad on YouTube, so you can see the uh, beautiful faces, as you said. And that's at, uh, not at, but it's Bob Street Toad Warriors. Facebook will be the Word on the Streets Fantasy Football Podcast So group. So that's that. Um, plenty of shows to watch. Just keep them subscribed. Keep the notification bells going. and you get all those notifications. You'll find out when they're out right away. But for Robert, this has been Bob Street Toad Warriors saying soon enough you'll be able to hit the waiver wire, set your lineups, and dominate your opponents. But until then, we'll see you. Feel the force, fantasy force. Hashtag boom says bye.